here we are. Here we are. Okay. Afternoon. Hey. Kiki has left. Dr. Hamlet has entered the building. Well, all right. Cold switch. And we on. <laughs> Who here? Lucretia? Lucretia. <laughs> Lucretia here. Uh, and peaches. Uh, yep. And peaches. <laughs> what? Hey, Kiki. Peaches hey. is normalizing hey. therapy. Uh, <laughs> Vanna White style. Well, all right. Jang lang. Jang lang. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. What's going on? You keep saying, "Here we go." Here, here we, we go. go. I can't. I just. I can't. Here we go. There's certain things Gosh. that I just gotta move. Where's your Where's your energy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like a seven, eight. Uh-oh. We got we got, you got a little extra hype? It's a little extra hype. A little silly, a little off kilter. Okay. Where's your energy? Probably like a seven, eight, nine, ten. You got me hype. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm at like a seven. A seven? Okay. A seven. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. So in today's episode. Yes. Normalizing therapy. Could you keep can you, moving yes, your hands? You, I think we get the point, Dr. Gaines. <laughs> like, keep moving the hands. Like, keep <laughs> moving the hands. Okay? Okay, thanks. Says it right here. Just okay. saying. What does that look like? Who does it involve or entail? What to expect. What to expect. Let's sort of talk about what it's not, too, because there's that piece, too. That's a good point. Yeah, if only I completely understood what you meant. <laughs> you said it. Wait, what? <laughs> what is therapy? Why don't you tell us, Dr. Taj? What is therapy not? Therapy is not. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. It may be. You know, some people <laughs> <laughs> stereotypically believe you walk into this very cush office with a nice couch and you lay on the couch and the doctor, the psychologist sits there with a little notepad and taking notes and sort of analyzing your story for the week gives you some homework and then you're out the door. Right? That sounds like that that's like three different kinds of therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So walk me Or through. not therapy at all. Okay. It therapy depends. Is not sort of whips and chains and what? electric shock to the Wait, brain. What? <laughs> yes, folks, therapy does not involve whips and chains. <laughs> oh if you shot that brain. <laughs> that's not part of it. Just, you know, saying what else i'm sorry the whips and change just uh Mm -hmm. therapy is not you know what therapy is not i tell this to all my new clients therapy is not a conversation like brunch with your girlfriends okay yeah that's what i was just thinking yeah i didn't know how to say it is not just like you're shooting the shit you know like it's work it is it's what? Therapy's work. work. They're going to get this work? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Rihanna work. work, 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 or different kind of work? Well, what kind of work, work? What, what kind Depends of that? on what kind of therapist you get. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. <laughs> therapy is not all of those things. What is therapy? Like, if somebody is like, you know what? I think it's time for me to see a therapist. Well, actually, let's rewind. How would somebody know? 
that they need to go see a therapist. Hmm. Let's I think there. I feel like any I feel like anybody should go to therapy anytime. Mm-hmm. I think part of the stigma comes from the idea that you have to be doing either particularly bad or on the edge of like, you know, deep depression, something super drastic. And I actually think normalizing it involves letting people know that it's just a form of self-care and maintenance. Like you take your car to the shop, you get the oil changed. You don't always need a new motor or transmission. That's not the only time you go to the mechanic. This is true. Right? right. So it's just like, I think it's just a healthy thing to, yeah, just make it a part of your routine and maybe take breaks. That doesn't mean you have to go forever. Mm -hmm. And also, too, if you're doing as more of a maintenance thing, um, as prevention, we talk about prevention, right? Like you don't necessarily get to the point where you're on the verge of like a really deep depression or having panic attacks every day because you've been talking about things as you're going along. So... Why are you looking at me like that? Because I was going to say therapy is not. It's it's going against the whole belief that you're not supposed to talk outside of the house. Right? Because if you think about it in the African-American community, you're not supposed to talk about what goes on in the house to no one. Not even the people that are in your extended family. Right? So here you're going to a complete stranger to do what? So you have to get past that to be okay to talk to a neutral party about the things that you struggle with and put in the work that they give you. Yeah, and I think that idea also came out of the fact that historically a lot of therapists were white. So, of course, I'm not going to then go outside of the house to tell my business and on top of that tell it to somebody that don't look like me. Might not have my best interests at heart. Can't understand me, Don't understand. has no idea about where I come from. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing that understandably so sure you know but how do we now break that stigma because clearly you do have therapists that look there are therapists that look like you are you giving the people the eyes Brian? there are okay. therapists that look like you okay so how do we break that down so that people do feel more comfortable to seek it out i mean i i think maybe it was you and I, we were, we were having this conversation, right, with a couple other therapists about, you know, people were asking this question. But I feel like one thing is you don't have to tell everybody. Like, some things are just for you. Mm. And so maybe normalizing it is letting people know that, like, if, you've, if you feel like it could help you, there's no need for you to think you have to tell everyone, make an announcement. Like, it's your business. Sure. Absolutely. So what is therapy? How do we explain to somebody what therapy... Oh, my gosh. I just feel like it got so quiet when I said that. Okay. I'm just saying, like... (laughs) Okay. So we got to the point where somebody's like, okay... You know, maybe I just want somebody to talk to, or maybe I am having, you know, some difficulty and I'm going to go to therapy. What is it? Because I think that's also something that keeps people from coming because therapy is is very personal. It's very private. It's very confidential. So other than what you see on TV, which is almost always inaccurate, there's no other 
no other. Y'all know what this is. There's no other. Y'all know comparison? what Right. There's no other comparison. <laughs> Good guess, Dr. Taj. I had no that, idea. That game of charades There's no right other there book. was awful. <laughs> no other newspaper. Two words sounds like. Go. Comparison. Um, there's no there's no comparison for what it is. So how do we explain that to someone? So I can speak from an OT perspective. Okay, and then you guys can possibly spin it from a psychologist perspective. Yes. So for us, for an OT, you're meeting your 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 patient, your client where they are. Okay. And you're trying to make them as comfortable as they they can be. Growing their strengths. No. Well, yeah, no. Yes. Growing their strengths and building upon those things that are weak. Those weaknesses. To eventually make sure that they can live their optimal life with the least restrictions or assistance from others. So from an OT perspective, that's what we do. And an OT in mental health is providing you those resources and those opportunities um, to perform your daily activities of living. So you're bathing, you're dressing, going to work, navigating in the community um and when we say navigating in the community it's driving it's going to the grocery store it's going to the laundromat if you don't have washer and drying your your house or apartment um being able to navigate those spaces so if you're talking about someone who is diagnosed with schizophrenia and is actively hearing voices or having auditory hallucinations um it's how do i negotiate the difference between what's real and what's not real and not allow those things that are not real to impact my daily functioning because in, th- in, in, in all honesty, those things um, impact your day-to-day function. Um, for someone who um, is diagnosed with ADHD, it's being able to, to, to calm yourself and regulate yourself to be able to perform those daily tasks. Because ADHD, you literally, you're all over the place. It's like I got a thought, oh, the sky is purple. Oh, it, it's it's 80 degrees out. Oh, I just want to take a nap. I just stretched. Like, literally, just all over the place. Then um, making, again, just making whatever the patient, whoever the patient is, making them successful in life. You know what I was thinking? <clears throat> it, I think those basic things are probably true in therapy as well. But I was also thinking, like, depending on your um, theoretical orientation, which for all the people out there is basically every therapist is trained differently mm-hmm. based on where they go to school and what their program focuses on. And so you conceptualize the work you're going to do with a patient differently depending, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think more psychodynamically but I was trained in CBT, so I kind of integrate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you, I, w- I was wondering what your orient, like what you mostly. Same. Well, 
I wasn't so much trained in CBT, more so psychodynamic or attachment theory. Yeah, so I feel like it's the goals that Taj said are a large part, but then you bring in these other elements of like what you know about child development, mm -hmm. insecure, insecure attachment, unconscious conflicts, sure. defenses people use to manage anxiety, mm -hmm. transference, you know, like all the things, right? Yeah, I think so. Just to break that down a little bit, because I yeah, those are those are our jargon. That's our jargon. So. <laughs> When you go to see a therapist, probably what you can expect is um, in an in initial session, we're going to do what's called an intake, right? So we're probably going to ask you a lot of questions about what's going on, why you're seeking therapy at this time, um, and take a history. So we're going to want to know all about, you know, growing up. We're going to want to know all about your relationships. We're going to want to know about your education about your medical history, because what we want to do is figure, we want to get a really good understanding of who you are within the context that you developed in, right? So we want to know about you and what you're bringing to us in this moment, but how did it get to this, this moment. moment given all of the things that have taken place in your life, right? So that includes, like I said, relationships education, work, um, family stuff, all Parent, of that. Parenting. Parenting. So those are all things that are really important to get in a first session. And maybe it might take more than one session to really understand those things. But that's initially what you can expect is for you to be asked a lot of questions just so that we can get to know you. Um, at the same time, while getting that history, we also want to make to make it comfortable, right? Like therapy is about a relationship. Mm -hmm. No matter what kind of therapy you get, all research shows that the best predictor of success in therapy is the relationship you have with your therapist. Therapeutic relationship. Therapeutic relationship, therapeutic rapport. Alliance. Alliance, mm -hmm. so many different terms for it, but it's all about how you feel with your therapist. Do you feel comfortable? Do you trust the person? And that takes time to develop. Right. But are you getting good vibes? Basically. So. After we do all of that and we get an idea of what's happening, then we're going to talk about the best way to help you. And there are a variety of different ways to do that. And again, that depends on what Dr. Nakia said in terms of a theoretical orientation, um, but also what type of treatment is actually the best fit yeah, for the particular for your problem issue. Right. That you have. Did I miss anything? No, we're good. And I think I think people should know up front too that you don't have to. You should shop around because, to Dr. Latoya's point, it's a relationship. So if you don't have that good feeling, mm -hmm. or they say something, you know, people make mistakes, right? But if they say something that that strikes you the wrong way, I mean, I wouldn't say after one session, but like if you go one or two or three times and you're not feeling it, I think it's reasonable to just like. Fire your therapist. Yeah, and, find and, and, we, and people expect that. They know that it's got to be comfortable. And I think sometimes people think they just have to go and whatever they get is what they get, but that's mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. And we really can't stress enough that therapy is about you. Yep. This is probably the only place where you can go and get a strictly one-sided relationship where everything that takes place <laughs> in this relationship is about you. 
<laughs> Everything is for your benefit. The therapist's feelings don't matter, matter. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> like everything is about you. So to Dr. Nikita's point, if this is not a good fit, you do not owe that therapist anything. You do not owe her another visit, him or her another visit. You do not owe them, you know, time. You don't, you don't owe them anything. You take yourself back to the drawing board and find somebody else that will make you feel, you know, a little bit more comfortable. So I always use the analogy. I work with a lot of black women. So I always tell them finding a good therapist is like finding the right pair of heels. This one. I'm serious. Because, you know, you want to be able to go to distance in these heels, right? So, like, you want to be able to go out um, and be comfortable. But then, like, let's say things get a little spicy in the club and you're going to have to run. Not spicy Not in the club. Spicy in the club. After the I was thinking spicy in the club and you on the dance floor. But, man, you she run. She said she's got to run. Sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes. Okay. All right. We said therapy is work. Right. So sometimes the heat can get a little bit turned up mm -hmm. if you're talking about things that are particularly difficult. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you might need to run in these heels. So, so you got to make sure it's a good fit because you don't want them flopping off. Because you and a the therapist get in. It's going to get. Yes, that's true. You, you know? might get into it. It gets deep. Yeah. So you got to make sure you can run in these things, walk in these things, jog in these things. Not jog. Jog. Mm, okay. You know, Okay. They got to fit. You know what she reminded me of, too? I think sometimes what's what's different for patients is the fact that because it is a focus on you, the therapist is just by design going to tell you less about their personal life. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I think sometimes that's hard for people because we're not used to when you build a trusting relationship with somebody, it's usually reciprocal in that way. Sure. You tell them something about you. They tell you something about them. So this you, is different, but it's for explicitly so that the focus is on you right. and some patients I mean some therapists vary in like how much they want to share or will share mm -hmm. but I I think it's common for patients to be like do you have the kids are you sure. married mm -hmm. where do you live you know it's normal to have questions right and again the therapist may or may not answer depending on the situation depending on what you guys are working on comfort level comfort level it just varies. Um, the other thing, not to cut you off, the mm -hmm. other thing that's important about therapy is once you start, you're actively committing and saying yes to this. So, Can you say that again, please, ma'am? When? Louder for the people in the back. Okay. When you are initiating therapy, you're actively sort of acknowledging and saying yes to the process. It's not going to be easy process. We've, you know, especially if, you know, we're sitting here and you're talking about your, how you were raised and sort of the dynamic in the house and things that have happened to you and sort of led to the, the present day. So it's not going to be easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it, let's be clear. But I think that you have to be open to what is coming. Agreed. You know, I, I always think of this quote, I, I use it in some of my classes. Paul Wachtel is a psychoanalyst who writes books on behavioral integration and therapy. He's a professor at, at Cooney, I think, if he's still not retired. But he, he basically talks about the idea that, like, a good therapist understands that how hard that's going to be for a patient. Mm -hmm. And that when they come in, like, if you go to a doctor and you've always had a crutch, like, and for patients, that could be, 
you know, um, alcohol, is, right? that could be binge eating, that could be dramatic relationships, that could be cussing people out. It could be so many things in that if that's been your way of coping, then you come to the therapist and they say like, put down that crutch and trust me, I'm gonna show you a new way to do this and how hard that is for people. Like mm -hmm. I've been doing this this way for so long mm -hmm. and you want me to give it up and trust you that I'm gonna feel better if I do this new thing. Sure. So that takes time. Right. Yeah. And to that point too, I think, you know, a good therapist is not going to immediately strip you right. of that thing. They're going to work with you slowly, to, slowly over time to mm -hmm. begin to, you know, maybe use those less frequently because if we try to take those things away right away, what are you, what are you left with? Right. Yeah. That's overwhelming. Yeah. But you know, after, I don't know how long question mark the time, but <laughs> at some point, if we, if the conversation is like cyclical, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, a therapist is also there to push you a little bit because it's work. It is. Which is back to your point about you got to commit to it. Yeah. And not only for that once a week, 45 minute session you either. Better, you better get into it. Like the work, the work is really what happens when you're not sitting in front mm -hmm. of the therapist. The carryover. Mm -hmm. The carryover. Can right. you generalize what was learned, what, what you demonstrated to your therapist in that 45 minutes? in other sessions can that be generalized to other sessions and I know for me we typically you know when I see my patient the following week or the you know the the next session whether it's later in the week or the following week <clears throat> I'm always saying okay so how'd you do first two weeks they're like I ain't try it so then you're having to revisit well the why of why they didn't try it right Cause it's gonna look crazy. I'm gonna look stupid doing this, and da, 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 da. you know, it's always sort of. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this. It's always the perception of what everybody else is gonna think, versus this is my journey. This is what I have to do to get stronger. This is what I have to do to get better. This is what I have to do to live my optimal life. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other part of it is going against what's taboo in the black community of what you going to therapy for? You don't need no therapy. You better write in a journal, but no, no, no. Go to church, go to church, pray it, pray it away. No, no, it's a little more than that. So you have to have that strength to, 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 to go against those naysayers and be like, but I need a little more than a journal. I need a little more than Jesus. Je I could have Jesus, but I need a little more than. <laughs> <laughs> I can have Jesus. I can have Jesus and therapy. Um, so it's 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 that struggle that I think we we largely have within our community that we have to go against. Hence, normalize therapy for us, because again, we've said this numerous times in other communities. If their child has a behavior in class and they get a, a call from the school that next week, you could guarantee said child is in somebody's office working on these said issues it takes no time i mean i think also what what you point out because you were mentioning that a good number of your patients are women like let, maybe we can talk about men in therapy for a minute because mm -hmm. it's even more 
Python card for guys to to go to therapy and maybe they go for couples therapy because their wife or their partner makes them. Um, but men can really, really grow in therapy too. And I think, I don't know, why do you guys think it's so hard for guys? Because think about it. When, you're, when, when your son yeah. falls, scratch, scratches their knee, has an accident, they fall, right? Yeah. What you crying for? Boys don't cry. Wiped, wiped in tears out your face. And then X amount of years later, you get a whole grown man that's showing you no emotion in a relationship. Uh, speak on it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, not. And then so there's for a lot of a lot of emotion. Yes. That's not regulated. I digress. But it's like, I, I'm up here trying to I'm up here trying to express myself and you just sitting here. They're confused. They got different messages. Both you like. That men don't cry, men don't show emotion, men tough it up, take one on the chin, keep it, keep it trucking, keep it pushing, pimping. Like you just, there's just certain things you just don't do. And so they don't, they don't know how to navigate that. So now you're saying go to therapy as a black man, but all my life, they told me I'm not supposed to cry, I'm not supposed to show emotion. To be honest, the only black male clients I've had have were like young adults who were in a program where they had to come to therapy. I've, I've never actually, I guess I have had a couple guys just call. Mm-hmm. I have. How long but have they stayed on, though? Well, it was at a time where I wasn't doing therapy, so I referred them to other people. Got it. I've had a few guys in my practice. Um, and treatment couldn't continue for issues that didn't really have anything to do with, with them or I. It was more insurance-related. It actually was insurance related. Um, so it was unfortunate. But um, the thing about it was that, yes, there were not places or people that they felt comfortable going to to really mm-hmm. be vulnerable, to really talk about, you know, the things that were that were going on. Um and it took a lot for them to get to the point where they even wanted to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I remember there was one particular client that we spent a lot of time just really kind of like surface level stuff hmm. because, you know, he had to warm up. You know, he was there for a reason, but he had to warm up because this was something that was so new. Um, and I respected that. I wasn't going to push him past his boundaries or anything like that. Um because, you know, I understand that it takes time to get to that level of comfort. But I also think that as a whole, we're not taught how to manage emotions well. We're not taught how to cope well. And I think that, you know, historically, coping with emotions was like a luxury. It was seen as a luxury. Like, there's too much stuff going on. Nobody has time to sit in their feelings and sort them out. Like, we got to keep it moving as black people. We don't have time it's to true. deal with this. Right. Like, and, I, so. and, and that's the for the culture part. Yeah. Right. Because we de- we definitely, you get mixed signals, right? And then you learn about your life's roles or roles in your life. So black women, ca- we've, we've talked about this numerous times, black women carry the weight of the world and still are expected to show up every time. With a smile on their face, not a hair out of place. Don't get too mad, no. Dressed to the nines. So, <laughs> like, this is this is the expectation, right? And then there's black men that are 
sort of raised to not show any emotion. Because the minute you do, you're getting arrested, you're getting shot, Mm -hmm. insert any other violent, aggressive act. Right. So you have a culture of people that have this stuff, these emotions contained. Where do they go? What do they do? And they get passed down generation to generation. Absolutely. And it comes out in different things, whether it's, school, you know, their schoolwork. They're not attending to their, their their studies because that's just not their thing. Like they get pissed off. They're throwing pencils, doing whatever they have to do in the classroom to, to avoid because it's not their thing. You know, you have black women and men who are overachieving because they've been told you have to work 10 times harder for the next you know, to, to, to be recognized even. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Where do you go? You, you, you have, you know, it's, it's learned. So it's a lot of unlearning. Yes. Therapy is a lot of unlearning. And learning new skills mm-hmm. as you're unlearning. Can I just back up for a second with the guys? Cause one thing I do remember that seems to come up. So therapy is not an opportunity to meet someone else and date. Okay. Oh boy. Can you you say more about that, Dr. Nakia? That's also a therapy line. You know, because I think, you know, seriously, like I think when guys start to feel that level of closeness, it's been so... To their therapist. Yeah, like when they start to be vulnerable, I think it just, it's like I think guys equate vulnerability with romantic relationships because the only time that they are often that vulnerable is in those close relationships. So it's not uncommon to have that kind of reaction to your therapist and a good therapist will understand it and know how to manage it with good boundaries. But yeah, I, I mean, I've been in situations like I just need, I just need a girl like you. It's like, oh, okay, hold on. Okay. Time out. Okay. Oh, oh, hold on. Time out now. Flag on the flag. Let's take, take a pause right You here. know, and it's expected and it's not surprising, but that is, that is something to think about that you, you might start to, feel some other kind of feelings, but your therapist has to keep those boundaries to keep you safe, to make it a safe. So process. would you recommend that maybe men seek out male therapists? No, because I mean, sometimes I think there's a real benefit to, 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 I mean, I hate to say like, if you have mommy issues or something, right? Sometimes that, what, what happens in that relationship is important in fixing relationships with same-sex the, you know, people of the same sex as the therapist in your actual life. Sure. And, you know, we call that erotic transference. That's a thing that happens. We just know people write about it. We understand it happens. And it's just that as a patient, you should be aware that if that kind of thing comes up, it does not work. It doesn't, it ain't that kind of party. What, Dr. Gaines, what do you think? No, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I don't know why this conversation is feeling like, meh, like just very flat. Very, yeah. Very I think because it's a serious. I think there's mm-hmm. levels to the the, the the seriousness. Well, let's well let's talk about then the amazing outcomes of a good therapy. What sure. can you expect if you have a really solid, effective therapy period of time? I think you learn healthy coping skills. I think you unlearn maybe some 
patterns that were causing you to react to situations a certain way and you learn better ways to deal with them. I think you become more aware of feelings in the moment so that you have more uh, flexibility in how you act on said feelings. Um, greater self-awareness. Huge. Hallelujah. Greater, <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. For greater uh, self-awareness. <laughs> Um, Insight's huge. It is. It It is a thing. Um, Because you have to know yourself, right? Before you can, in order to exist in any effective relationship, whether, and that could be a relationship to a person, a relationship to a thing, right? A relationship to your work, a relationship to your hobbies, whatever that is, you have to know yourself. And so therapy is a great place to discover more about who you are. Absolutely. And it gives you behavioral freedom because when you have that level of insight, you could be like, oh, this is that thing that triggers me. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are the kind of things that I would normally do. And now I can decide to do something better. You're operating within your boundaries. You know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, with the goal and, and intention to live your optimal life. And I think that that is the best sort of, that is your end goal, to live on the optimal life free of all the unnecessary things and learning and knowing how to navigate those triggers and knowing how to navigate situations as they come, because they will come. And even to your point, like sometimes you, you don't even know what would be your optimal life till you go to therapy and you reflect and then you get insight and you're like, wait, I don't have to do that. Or I would like this kind of job or this kind of relationship. So it helps you build your optimal life. Absolutely. I just want to go back because one thing that we didn't mention, which I also think is important, is that uh, also a good therapist or a good therapy experience is going to incorporate your strengths that you have already or the things that are already important to you in your life. So, um, you know, if let's say you're someone who's coming to therapy because you have difficult family relationships, but the relationship with your family is very important to you. Good point. Your therapist is not going to try and separate you from your family, right? They're not going to be like, oh, well, maybe you should think about, like, not being so close with them. No, they're going to respect that um, about you. Maybe you have certain cultural beliefs, you know, like, in my culture, this is the way we do things. They're not going to see it as enmeshed. Right. You're so enmeshed with your family. Right. Um. Religious practices, if that's something that's important to you, your therapist is going to help you use that to better deal with whatever, you know, said issue is. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind. And that also just reminds me of like, you know, think about therapists with particular specialties. Like if you if you have issues related to gender or sexual orientation, you really want to think about trying to go to someone who, who, who lets you know that they have experience working with those kind of things or depression, anxiety, because, I mean, that's how you know who has expertise in a particular area, and that sure. can only be good for you. Absolutely. So how do you... Were you going to say something? No. Mm-mm. So how do you then flip the script? What is this looking like? What is our message to the people? Girl, I thought we have been flipping the script this whole time. Give me some... Um, notes. Some footnotes? Yes, some cliff notes. Give me some notes. Go to therapy. 
and work hard in the therapy. Yeah. Put in that work. Put in the work. <laughs> and normalize it. That Put in the work. To do this again. I was really hoping she would not. <laughs> so it worked out. It worked out. Um, no, all jokes aside, um, I think one, sit with yourself and ask yourself, what are your reasons for not wanting to go? Mm. Be clear about those. Hopefully we've challenged some of those um, as we've talked. And then start your research. I mean, there are tons of therapists of color out there. So um, you can find one. Mm -hmm. And so I think the important thing is to get someplace where you're comfortable. Um, find somebody that you're really comfortable with. Date. Well, maybe not date your therapist. Not in that way, like you said. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? there goes the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, you know, try meet with maybe that's a better way to put it meet yeah. with different therapists and right. see which one you know fits you the best a lot of therapists will provide like consults for free mm -hmm. the first time you meet so do a couple of consults with different therapists and see who gives you the best vibes um that's it I, those are the cliff notes well yeah anything you want to add doctor Nikita? i mean i would just say there's a lot of directories now and if you're looking for African-American therapists, you know, therapy for black girls. What else, What other ones do you guys know of? Clinicians of color. Clinicians, Clinicians of, of color. color. Melanin and mental health. Yeah. Open Path Collective. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you can also go on Psychology Today and set the preferences yep. for a black therapist or other another ethnicity. But... um. Those would be the places to start. Absolutely. We're here to help you. I mean, we have made it our life's work to help people in this way. So so if you have questions, feel free to reach out. Taj, Dr. Taj is going to tell you how. Nice. <laughs> Good segue. I see a trend. Um, on Facebook and, and IG, uh, beingthepodcast.com. Email the doctors at beingthepodcast.com. So next time, peeps. See you. Bye.